G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Hey there, it's Timmy Manor and welcome to the Spirit of Sport right here on 1170 SEN. Joining me tonight, like he does every week, it's Benny Little. Yep, thank you for having me. Appreciate yes. it. Hey, I guess this week, Benny, this is a, this is a big... Special guest. Oh. I'm so pumped we've got him on the show. A true rugby league legend. Across a 10-year career, he was known as the Zip Zip Man. Uh, and he was an integral member of the Parramatta Eagles team of the 80s. They won four competitions in six years. Oof. Our guest was one of the first Indigenous stars as well to grace, to grace the rugby league field. And we're so lucky to speak with him tonight. Our guest on the Spirit of Sport is rugby league legend Steve Eller. Zip Zip, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah, nice intro. Yes. <laughs> thanks, mate. <laughs> Um, oh. Mate, well, thank you for joining us on the show. We're, we're just pumped to like, have someone of your caliber here. But, mate, Indigenous around this week, we thought we'd just get someone on the show who was a true pioneer and someone that uh, represented his people so well. What was it like? Obviously, in those days, there's a lot less um, Indigenous people in the in professional rugby league. Um, what was it like in the early days? Well, I suppose, uh, Tim, the, the, you're right, there wasn't that many of us. Um, myself, Quickie Lyons, uh, Ronnie Gibbs. And there was, uh, I mean, Ricky Walker coming a bit later and a few other Aboriginal players come through um, a, bit later, a bit later as well. And, yeah, there was there was a handful of us, which was really nice to know. And, and one of the good things that we always acknowledged each other and supported each other. But I suppose there, there, there wasn't a, um, a real uh, movement in regards to supporting Aboriginal players because I think yeah. Um, a lot of clubs brought Aboriginal players from uh, the country down into their club to try out, whatever, but they didn't understand how, how best to support those players and, and keep them in the city. Yeah. Um, so, and we actually lost a lot of players going back to the um, back to the country areas because of, I suppose, how they were supported in the early days because of that. I suppose it was that lack of knowledge and lack of understanding of um, how best to support Aboriginal patients and get them Aboriginal um players and how best to support them through a uh, through living away from home, living away from country. So um, yeah, it was interesting times, but it was it was enjoyable as well. That's a great point, mate. And from your observation, what how is the NRL evolving in terms of accepting and endorsing Indigenous athletes and and you know behaviours that might come or issues that might come from where they come from and and helping them adjust to the big smoke or life as a professional athlete? Have you seen the NRL um, you know grow in that space? Well, I think I've, I've seen some clubs really grow in that space. I, um, I've just seen some clubs partner with, I suppose, major rubbish organisations. I know um, the Tigers and uh, the Roosters um, partner with um, Kari, an Aboriginal, um, yeah. Aboriginal Association. And then uh, I know South, uh, South Kids used to partner with them as well. So there are some really good opportunities for clubs to look at how they, uh, I suppose, support Aboriginal players come down in the city a lot better. And once they get to understand there's... there's Certain things they can they can do to support players in a better way. Um, it actually becomes an easy process. But if I suppose taking that uh, that leap of faith of of learning and uh, understanding what is the right right way to support our young Aboriginal players when they come and they're living away from home, living away from their family, living away from their country. So yeah, it's it's I've seen some clubs do it really well. I know the Roosters have done it really well with Arthur Boots, and he uh, he got some really good Aboriginal players down. But because Arthur being Aboriginal himself, knew how to. And uh, I suppose not only support the player, but also support the family and speak to the family and engage with the community as well. So 
Um, we've had learned some lessons over time, and I think it's actually a lot better than what it was. Yeah, what are some of the the practical things that they that they actually do that they do get right to better support the indigenous players? Well, I think one of the one of the things that we, we need to look at is is if you can never play come down to a club is is how do they engage their family to come down and and, yeah. and support? Because um, I know, for example, when I, I coached in the Hunter Mariners up in the when Super League first started, I coached their nineteens and had four players up there and uh, four Aboriginal players. And, one thing I've done every month was um, uh, after a game on a Sunday, I'd send them home and so I didn't want to see them until a Thursday. Um, that's how they stay connected to their community, stay connected yeah. to their family and yeah. um, and help help them um, be supported in a lot better way. So they're all individuals, but they're all you need to look at what supports are available, what average organisations are in the area that they need to know of, or their family need to know of, um, who are the elders they need to know of and, yeah. and um, get some advice and support from. So... There's just some basic stuff that could 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 help, um, but I think the, a lot of clubs were, were hesitant to to look at that as a as a, as a strategy to support players because they didn't know. Mm. But I think uh, a lot of the clubs are, are starting to, to get their head around that and um, not only engage with their local Aboriginal community, but also um, do simple things like acknowledgement of the country or welcome and get elders come into a welcome the country when they do mm. specific events and. And acknowledge the traditional uh, custodians of the land, which they're actually um, uh, the grounds are located on, or, or they're playing on. So they're just simple things, but it actually makes a big difference for Aboriginal communities. Yeah, yeah. Steve, uh, um, you know, we had Willie Tong on our show last week, and yeah, you know, he was talking about growing up and having uh, Indigenous heroes like uh, Steve Renoff, where his generation that he looked up to. Uh, you know, you obviously starting out so early, and, and maybe rugby league being a lot younger back then. Did you have any Indigenous heroes or people that helped motivate you to achieve your dreams? Um, I suppose there was two. Yeah. Uh, one was Arthur Beetson. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Arthur, Arthur, I mean, I ended up playing with Arthur um, uh, in, in Arthur's later years and in my early years. So that was really, really lovely, nice experience. And, yeah. um, he put me over for a try against North Sydney, and that was, I really cherished that moment with yeah. Arthur. And he also coached me in the, um, in the Australian team in 83. So. Um, got on with Arthur really well. So he was one of my, my childhood heroes. And the other one was uh, the fellow who played for South Square, Eric Sin. Oh, yeah. Um, because I grew up in the Aboriginal community, La Perouse, um, we were all, all South fans down there. We used to spend all, uh, all weekends when South played at home at Redfern Over. We'd spend uh, all the time at, at Redfern Over watching South play. And, and uh, Eric coming from La Perouse, that's uh, certainly a local hero. So, um, yeah, he was one of the, one of the uh, fellows that I... I looked up to him. Actually, got to meet Eric uh, a couple of times, and it's been really nice. Really nice to meet him. That's awesome. That's great, mate. Um, you're also the the cousin of the famous Ella brothers. Uh, Ella brothers, all three of them went on to play for the Wallabies, which is a pretty special achievement. Um, how did that feel? I guess being part of such a you know a talented sporting family was it something that you guys spoke about, or was it just a not not a spoken thing? Yeah, probably something we, we never really spoke about. Um, Mark Lennon and Gary were. They actually played league all the way through their junior career. So, oh, really? And they played union, played union at school, so they were they were actually leagueies. And, yeah, uh, right. I mean, they were good at they were good at that as well. Yeah. But um, one of the I suppose we never spoke about that. We also had Marcia who played for Australia in netball, so um, who's is their sister. So um, yeah. we actually never spoke about that as a family because for us it was just something we did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we knew um, that our families whether um, it was my family or Mark Ben and Gary's and Marcia's family, we knew they were proud of us. And we didn't need to yeah. talk about any of that because we just 
all just growing up as kids and doing what we needed to do and, and living life and um, having those conversations about um, playing league and playing union never sort of come into it. But yeah. we just supported each other because I'd go and watch Ramwick play all the time and, and they'd come and watch me play. So um, it was just that ongoing support for each other. But, but no, you know, real conversations about it. Did you ever think of making a switch or joining them at all? Um, I would have loved to, but uh, my mum moved to Cabramatta when I was, when I was a kid. So um ended up playing juniors at Mount Pritchard. So rugby wasn't on the agenda out this way. Yeah. Uh, Mount Pritchard way. So I ended up playing... Um, league for Mounties and East Mount Pritchard and went through the Parramatta Juniors where Mark Lennon and Gary played uh, league for La Perouse, um and then um, played rugby union uh, in the school then they, they went to Randwick so um, yeah, we didn't have rugby so I didn't have that opportunity Yeah, I'm sure rugby would have loved the Zip Zip man Speaking of yeah, the, the Zip Zip where where did that name come from? Was it something that you like? You don't like? You, you don't mind? What's it, where did it come from? Well, I don't have a choice. <laughs> number one, yeah. number two. Um, I, I suppose for those who, who remember back in the early days, there was a new there was a newspaper called the uh, Daily Mirror, and yep. um, there was a, a journalist called Peter Flingos, who was a, a oh, really yeah. wonderful, lovely journalist, Peter Flingos, and uh, uh, he was one of the really highly respected journalists that, that we'd had, and um, he used to do a column in the uh, newspaper every every week about the try of the week. And um, it was a game we saw Sydney. I stepped a few plays and, and um, then stepped back inside, gave it to somebody. I think Brett ended up scoring. And, and the way he just described the try was uh, zip, zip here and zip, zip there. And anyway, when I got the training, they started calling me zip and it's stuck ever since. <laughs> I love, I'm actually a big so fan of the name. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Um, mate. Also, you know, you talk about uh, some of the players you play with, but that team in the eighties was was a really special team. Um, what was it like playing alongside, you know, Eric Groth and Sterlo, Ray Price, and those players that you played alongside, Mick Cronin? What was it like being in the same team as them and playing alongside that kind of um, you know, the, that caliber of player? Uh, I suppose there's two things. One, as a kid growing up, I used to watch Pricey and the, and the Crows uh, play for Australia, so. Um, Having the opportunity to get picked in the centres alongside the crow was you know, that was really special. Um, Pricey, was, I mean, people got to understand how good Pricey was in in his uh, in his playing days because he was he was certainly um, uh, one of those players who uh, had that never say die attitude and was was great for us and um, was we're always in the fight when Pricey was you know, on the field. And I suppose when you say how how was it playing with um, Stella and Pricey? Um, um, the Crow, Eric, Brett. Um, you know, that was terrific because you know you had, you had good players inside and out, outside. You know, if someone was having an off day, someone had an on day, so you wouldn't miss too much. So it was, it was a really good combination. But the, I suppose the, the thing which gets missed the most, gets missed most, I think, is the is the players who who don't get the recognition because they were terrific for us as well. And that Paul Taylor out the back. Yeah. He done so much work which made Sterlo's life easier, and because Sterlo's life was made easier in defence. Um, yeah, he was able to dictate, attack, and, and, and provide that opportunities for us. And mm. having Neil Hunt, Dave Lydiard, uh, outsiders as well, was also. But on top of that, we also had uh, a lot of our forwards, other than Pricey, who were um, uh, instrumental in, in setting up our team to be able to be as good as what we were. And our forwards never ever got the recognition that they deserved. Uh, John Muggleton, um, Peter Wynn, um, Stan Jerry, Jeff Bugden, uh, Terry Ludberta, Michael Mosley. Mark Laurie, they, they, they were players who just really put in for the club and um, 
they actually done the hard yards so us backs could actually do what we needed to do. So uh, the recognition that we get as backs is fantastic, but the, we recognise the, the amount of work that those guys did and, and laid a platform for us. Mate, I'm, I'm a big believer that um, it's the most talented team doesn't always win. You've got to have that connection, that camaraderie. What was the feeling like amongst the players? Was it, it was a tight-knit group? Was it was there much time spent together off the field or was it just um, yeah, in and out? Uh, no, we had, we had... I suppose one of the good things about Jim is that a lot of us got offered to go to other clubs. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, Prime Age didn't pay great, but um, money from other clubs was way, way better. Oh, really? But the fact that we want, we, we like our, we liked playing with who we played with and we were, yeah. we were good mates and... Um, uh, we all we all decided that we'd stay together, and that's, that's what we did. And we didn't play for the money. We played we played because we really enjoyed who we played with. And a good testament to that is, I mean, since we reto- since we finished playing, we've been having reunions every year. Yeah. Um, out of the, for example, twenty six players that played in the grand finals that we had, we normally get between fifteen to eighteen turn up to a reunion every year. So um, it's still something that we treasure and that we do and. It's a hell of a lot of fun and good laugh, as, as you can imagine, with um, old players getting together. And the conversations change from um, a whole range of things now. It's about health ailments and a whole range of things. <laughs> well, you, you can actually see it. Anyway, but... When you see you guys yeah, together, you, together you can mate. see that com- yeah. that connection you guys have. That's well, just we, we've, been, we've been friends for a long, long time, and, and um, it's, it certainly sticks, and we're, um, we'll continue to, to, be, to be good mates and, until the end. <laughs> It's just something that's unheard of these days. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. It's so refreshing to hear you say that. You know, it wasn't about the money. Um, you got offered more to leave. I think that right there is a secret. That's that's why you guys were so successful. But not only were you guys great players, obviously you were, um, but I've seen many great teams and, and teams of talented players not do as good as they're supposed to. But the fact that you guys had that camaraderie, that commitment to each other and that, that willingness to sacrifice you know, a bit more extra money to stay together, I think that's where the secret is. Well, it was more about being happy as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you can go to other places and, and be financially happy, but we really enjoyed our comp- each other's company, and, yeah. and we hung, we hung out a bit up, um, away from the field as well. So we, and uh, the, 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 I suppose the way that we carried on, just like kids and uh, kids yeah. playing together, yeah. it's like, but it was a lot of fun. You still have that. You guys still have that about you, which I love. I love watching. But you guys still have that. that <laughs> yeah. um, you probably see that when, you were, when we were together. Yeah. Well, most <laughs> of the time I see you guys. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, the, I guess the, la- the last piece of the puzzle as well, though, was you know the great Jack Gibson. Uh, what was it like playing under him as a coach, and and um, you know, did he leave a much of a mark on you post football? I think Jack left a mark on all of us in in different ways, and uh, there was a I suppose a, a couple of things about Jack that really resonates with uh, all different all players, different players, but he really cared about people. Um, and I think that's why Wayne Bennett's so good because Wayne, Wayne was a, got mentored by Jack and Jack really cared about people. He, more, he cared about how, how they're going away from the field more, than, more so on the field because he knew if things were good away from the field, the on-field stuff would take care of itself. So if someone was struggling off-field, he, he'd look at how can he help them sort, sort that out or, or whatever. So, for example, if someone was, was struggling to pay their bills at home, um, Jack would help them pay the bills. So really? So just things like that. I mean, there was a there was a fellow that he uh, um, who Jack wanted to wanted to play in the team, and and he couldn't get the training because where he lived and didn't have tra- public transport and didn't have a car. So Jack bought him a car. 
um, so we get the training. So there's things, little things like that people don't know about that, which yeah. he really cared for people. Yeah. Um, but the good thing about that is that everyone repaid that in kind with um, with the performances on the field. Which you know, yeah. Uh, him and, and Ron Matthew with their um, with, with their I suppose Jack's presence and Matthew as, as a, one of the brains behind the, the operation. And with, with Nick Suter as our conditioner and Alf Richards as our um, trainer, it really made a, a good team. And what Jack did, he put a he put a, a bunch of older fellas together with a bunch of young fellas who were coming up, and and he knew he knew it was a good mix. Um, even though he got criticised um, in the media, that's right and centre, but no, Jack knew what we, what he was doing. And uh, when we won the 81 Grand Final, a lot of those journalists ate their words. Yeah. I, I, it's not a coincidence that coaches that care about their players have success. You look at you know Wayne Bennett over all those years and the players, the way they talk about him, very similar to the way you talk about Jack. But, and I talk about did he leave a mark on you because the reason I ask that is, is even watching you now and in the space you're in, um, a lot of our listeners probably don't know, but you've spent over two decades saving lives um, as a drug and alcohol counsellor. You have that skill as a, at the moment that where you, can, you show that care for people that you deal with. Um, is that something you've always had growing up? Is that something you developed as you got older? Where'd that come from? Um, I, I think as I, as I got older, and um, I mean, like like any any player, same as yourself, Tim. You're in a unique position where you have a name that uh, means something to people, and um, I suppose you've got, sometimes you've got to find out what is it that you need to do in life to actually utilise that that name. So, I had an opportunity to work in Aboriginal health, uh, and because I grew up in Aboriginal communities. It's, it's always been a passion of mine. So when that opportunity came, I, I, I decided to, to use not only, not only my name, but my, I actually went to uni and ended up getting my master's in um, um, uh, philosophy in the, in, in the at School of Medicine oh, wow. in um, Sydney Uni. So yeah. it's having those opportunities to be able to do things and actually use those skills to help our community, and that's, that's what I do now. So... Currently, I manage an Aboriginal health service on the Central Coast at that local hospital, and um, it's it's an opportunity to help people. and And what's good about it is is I see them as as our community, as as the people who who need support, and they see me as someone who can who can help provide the support they need. So it's it's a sort of win win situation for me and for them, where we try to help each other because that gives me uh, self satisfaction in, in doing work that uh, makes a difference. And we do have a lot of people who actually there who need the help. So it's, it's, I have the opportunity to provide that help. So giving them that opportunity to provide help to people who need it, um, yeah, that self-satisfaction is all like, I don't need anything else other than that. I don't need accolades or whatever. I just need to know that we've helped someone get through, through a difficult day and, and they're there again tomorrow. That's Yeah, that's so special, mate. And I, I, I actually really, really love that about you. Um, you, talk, you talk about... There was a couple of clubs you said have a good connection with the indigenous community um, and do some do extra than other clubs. Um, what what more can be done? I feel like um, it's an area that there's definitely so much more improvement that can happen in terms of helping people. What are some key things that come to your mind that you think could be done to help um, you know the people you're working with you know, get better results and, and and not have such high numbers of, of what we're seeing and dealing with. Well, I suppose, I mean, everything you do always costs money and that's always an issue when it comes to um, getting programs and initiatives up and running. But there's certainly some, some opportunities in... I mean, NRL clubs certainly have opportunity because they've 
they've got the profile and, and um, they've got access. Um, so they're, they're two of the hardest things to get. So if they've got that, it, it, the rest can be can be developed. So I'd be looking at opportunities to work with the Aboriginal communities from whatever whatever NRL club it is. What is it that what is it that, that can do to support an Aboriginal community? Whether it whether it be um, you're setting up an Aboriginal civic committee in, within the NRL club to look at what initiatives can they get involved with and what initiatives can they support? Is there mental health, drug and alcohol issues that are affecting the community that they can uh, support? Is there Aboriginal homelessness that's affecting people in that area? Is that something they could get in and, and, and do some work on? And so the whole range of things is just working out what it is that um, uh, that they can do. There's a lot of Aboriginal kids still being removed from families, and we, got, we have what organisations like Tari, who's an Aboriginal out of home care service. Yeah. Um, how, can, how can they get on board and support support them, which the Roosters and the and the Tigers have done to support yeah. these um, young kids who have been removed and give them access to not only the Aboriginal players in the NRL clubs, but access to a whole range of, of resources and support. Um, and what it does, to me, it actually builds the profile of, 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 of the club as well as being someone organization that cares yeah so yeah yeah need to be willing to have the conversation yeah I, I'm, I'm a, i agree with that and i i'm a big believer it doesn't matter whether it's uh indigenous round um you know anzac round whatever round it is i um i'm a big believer that it's one thing to to i don't know put on a show or change a jersey or or say words but I, i'm big i want to see action as well so it's i have a lot more respect for those clubs that actually walk it and they um it's not just something that they tick a box once a year it's actually they're going out of their way to make sure that they're trying to make a t- change um so I mean, it could be something simple tim like the west tigers and put an initiative in to um do a program where they trained aboriginal um uh, league coaches yeah so yep. to, to build up their skills become better league coaches so to put an initiative in partnership with courage to look at how can they improve the, the coaching capability of some aboriginal people so they've done that and they end up elevating one of their uh, one of those Aboriginal coaches to be assistant coach to Michael Maguire um, last year. And this year, this year that coach has gone to Newcastle to coach the the, um, the Newcastle women's team. Oh in the, wow! In the, in yeah, the nice. So there's, there's those sort of opportunities and initiatives are really really good to look at and really vital because it actually builds capacity in community as well. Because Ronnie, when he, now he's up there at uh, Newcastle, he'll be able to teach other Aboriginal coaches um, good techniques and, and better ways to look at things. So it's that capacity building which they could be involved in. So just, like I said, it's, it's about having the conversation about what, what's achievable, what's not achievable. Yeah. And and looking at the competition now, obviously as you head into um, Indigenous round, who, who are the young Indigenous players that stand out to you that, you are, that you're a fan of at the moment that you think are, are guns? Well, I've been liking um, Preston Jumbo. Um, yeah, yeah. He's, what's his first name? I forget his first name. <laughs> um, um, young Campbell. Yeah, I think I've been... Jaden. Sorry, yeah, I'm so yeah, bad Jayden. to you. Yeah. I've been really, really impressed with him. I'm impressed with the, the um, uh, fullback at um, uh, Cronulla. And then I know he's suspended at the moment, but, he, but he's impressed me as well. So there's, um, Yeah, William Kennedy. Yeah, he's been terrific. I've been, I've been really, really impressed watching him. And so like I say, there's... I mean, there are a lot of good, good young kids around. It's just I'm, I'm hoping for names. I watch them and enjoy them. My, my yeah. son, he knows them all. He knows all their backgrounds, knows where they're from, he knows their mob, you know, that sort of stuff. And ah, that's awesome. You know, Is that something that you're me, you're very intentional with your son, knowing where he comes from and, and understanding the history of all that, everything? 
Oh, that's where all my kids, yeah, they all yeah. know who they are, where they're from. They all, all, they all know their family history, and it's really important for us as Aboriginal people. That's awesome. They yeah. also they know their, their, um, where their grandparents come from. They, they know the history of their grandparents, the great-grandparents, and their great-great-grandparents, where they come from. So it's just around that. We're, I suppose one of the fortunate ones where we actually can actually track that. Um, a lot of families can't, which is unfortunate. And one of the issues we have with a lot of our families not having connection, and that's that's something we're, we're always working on. But uh, yeah, my, all my kids have got have got connection, which is really good. I've got one one daughter working in Aboriginal Mental Health at Ministry of Health. Yeah. I've got another daughter, um, my other daughter Rachel. She's a, a, a Aboriginal school teacher at um, um, a new school here on Central Coast. Um, so she, they're, they're doing really well. My son Brian works on the railway, so they're, they're all doing really well. And they, they actually know know their history, which is really good. That's great, mate. And that's all part of, of who we are. That's awesome, mate. Well, before we let you go, who's your pick for uh, the premiership this year, mate? Still six, six, halfway point. Who do you think? Well, a lot of people kept writing Parramatta off, but like Kim, you know, I'll keep saying you don't win a premiership in May or June. Yep, yep. You, you've got to put, you've just got to put yourself in a position in one, two, three, or four at that back end, and we know they can beat the Storm. We know they can beat Penrith. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just once they get into into that semi final situation, it's it's a different ball game as you know, and it's, it's a totally different mindset. I I agree. So, uh, yeah, I actually think they're a really good chance this year. Yeah, I've got a couple of flack on the air the last few weeks, but I genuinely believe that if they can get there and play, give themselves the best position or best possible position to be there in top four, they can really yep. they can really win this competition. So I'm excited to see this could be the year. Uh, Zip Zip, mate, I'm so grateful for your time. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I I personally have really admired you from afar or and from close by as well, but. Um, you have this humility about you. You know, obviously you achieved so much throughout your career. He's won competitions and, um, you know, being at the club, you know, I played 11 years there and we, we looked up to what you guys did in the eighties and just, uh, in awe. Uh, but every time you were around, you were such a gentleman. You have a huge heart, the way you're helping people in the community at the moment and your heart for indigenous people. Uh, you know, you're, a, you're a true hero and someone that, you know, people could look up to. And I'm so glad that, you know, you were a Parramatta man and that, uh, we can call you one of our own. Thank you for your time, and we uh, look forward to seeing you again soon. Oh, thanks, Tim. I really appreciate the kind words. And um, uh, I suppose one of the good things about the NRL and what they're doing now is having an uh, Indigenous round, which recognises who we are and where we're from and, and our culture, which is really nice to know. And um, uh, let's hope that continues. So, um, yeah, let's hope Parramatta go well down at Canberra uh, this weekend. Cheers. Thanks again, Zip. Appreciate it, mate. Thanks, guys. Take Thank care. You. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.